What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, June 3rd, 2015. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. We got a special guest in studio today. Goes by the name of Rear Admiral. His real name, though, is Brian McGonigal. He writes for Boston Sports, covers the Boston Bruins for Boston Sports, and does some other things, too. You can also follow him on Twitter. Your second appearance in studio today, Brian. Yep, good to be back here in uh, Copland, USA. Yeah, I would, um, I would say you're the first to have a second appearance in studio, but you're not. You're the second to have a second appearance. Ryan Whitney was the first. To have a second par- appearance. So, but you're in. That's a good Pretty, conversation. Yeah, great company. to have. Former yeah. NHL player. Woods is a good man. He's a, he's a, he's a good man to talk mm-hmm. to. He's a, I, I think we're going to see him hopefully on TV sometime. I and, I, I think we will. NBC's been pulling a lot of players out, and uh, I I mean he. I don't know if he's going to get a local start or what. I know he was just playing in the KHL, but I, I think yeah. he, he's a sharp guy. He's funny. Uh, he certainly brings the knowledge knowledge of the game. So I, I think we'll, hopefully, you know, like we saw Brian Boucher. Boucher was kind of the breakout star on NBC SN this year, I think. You know, he I don't think he was on last year. And he's, he you know, he brings a goalie perspective, which is great. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I as a former street hockey goalie, I always like hearing him bringing the, the goalie perspective in our and, and it's good to hear. You know, he doesn't criti- he doesn't criticize him too much, but he, he's not afraid to when it's warranted. Nah, that's that's it's good to hear. Did you play street hockey goalie when they had the brown Milek pads? Oh God, I made. Oh, my, what color Milek pads did you use? I had the because the they had the, I can swear, I, the shit yeah. brown ones. Yeah, <laughs> the shit brown ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it's funny. I I I mean, not that I was uh, Wayne Gretzky with a hockey stick when I was younger, but it, it was it was. I'm a younger brother, and that's that's how I, I I would say I wonder how many goalies in the NHL are younger brothers, you know, because you know when your brother and his friends want to play hockey and they, they throw you in net. It's like yeah, you know, exactly. It's you're the sacrificial lamb, and I mean since I was probably six or seven, and they threw the pads on you and you were target practice, and you just you, you learn to you learn how to get good at it, you know. And, well, and uh, not that I was, you know, not that I'm a legend, but uh, you know, after a few years, you just you know you pick up a few tricks, you know. In the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I actually, I, I, that was a. a well, let's a clarify what that, yeah. what I'm talking about for people that don't know. The kitchen is the street hockey court in Charlestown. Yep, yeah, where they hold the kitchen cup every year, but it's it's the kitchen. Yeah, it's a they do a three on three roller hockey tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, they I think even before they did the tournament, there was a league. I was home for summer one college. I was I was a little late graduating, so I was probably in my early twenties. And it was a nineteen and under league. And, um, they, they had this one team. They had you know, a goalie every other game, and they couldn't get a goalie to show up. And they asked the guy running the league, "Hey, can we get you know can we get McGonagall to play?" And everyone laughed like, "Yeah, go ahead." You know, just so they can have a consistent yeah, yeah, schedule. Yeah. And no, you know, and then we ended up winning the thing. Of course, that was no small part to Nico Dimitrakos from Matt Nonstar, mm-hmm. San Jose Shocks. San Jose Shocks. Yeah, I think he scored eight goals in the final. But you know, it, yeah, I mean, you know, we won like thirteen to four. But yeah, I played down there like maybe one or two summers. But I did just more of mine just in. Gym hockey leagues growing up and then up college, we had, you know, it was pretty competitive up there. We we had some teams. It was all basically city kids and surrounded areas. So it was, you know, Charlestown, Southie, Dorchester guys beating up on all the frats. So you don't still play? No, hell no, no. I'm retired. I'm basically retired from athletics. You know, when you get get to a certain point with your body, you're like, all right, you know what? If I do this, I'm going to break something, pull something, or rip something, and I'm too old to be in rehab right now. And uh, you mentioned the goalie that is on, um, you know, doing media. But how about, are they still... Are they still using Thornton, Sean Thornton? 
You know what? On I, that, I, I haven't ha- seen him. I haven't seen him either. I don't know. But if, that might be his. That might be his decision yeah, he, for right now. He might have. I mean, he still has one more year on his contract. Yeah, with yeah. the Florida Panthers. Exactly, and he's you know he might be on vacation, commitments, True. all that. This is the time of year guys who aren't playing are doing all that shit. You know what I mean? Uh, so. How about torts? Torts used to just fucking light up the media, hate the media, shit on the media, and here he is, and he's actually hey, he's not bad. I don't mind, but you, in the back of your head, you're like. This this where, is a guy. Where's Torts been? You haven't seen him on ESPN. Well, there you go. I don't watch. Oh, you don't watch I, I ESPN. Don't watch, nope, I don't. Oh. I I watch ESPN. Because of Deflategate? No, God, no. Ah, it's a good. It would be a reason why. No, I I, I know. I would add to it. No, I I, uh, I watch. I do watch the thirty for thirties. I really quite enjoy them. I love. You know, obviously, if there's a game on an NFL game or even the rare NBA game, I watch. Um, but I, 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 boy, I stopped ESPN after the when, when them in the NHL part aways, and then it wasn't so much that they just part aways, but it was that the ESPN pretended the NHL didn't exist, and you know you're calling yourself a journalistic entity, and you're pretending one of the four major sports in the country doesn't exist after promoting them for your first 25 years. It was just you know, you know to me hypocritical and full of shit, and you know they're not doing their job as as journalists. So I just said fuck you, I'm not going to watch you. Anymore. I did. I figured you'd be a real like diehard outside the lines Bob Lee guy. You know, watching all this FIFA stuff. You don't follow the FIFA story. Yeah, uh, from afar. <laughs> I mean, it, I can't. I. I just I'm trying to I'm trying to find a reason why it affects me and I can't find one so I don't I just don't care. Yeah, basically I mean, you know, it, and at the other end of the day what's going to change I mean, people are going to watch so- I mean it's, it's still going to be the most popular sport on the planet. So that's like FIFA Hasn't it always been corrupt? They're just getting yeah. caught now. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know like uh, a lot of people are like oh the U- US had to step in and blah blah blah. It's like Motherfucker, you know what? We, were, you know, when when we had a global financial collapse, no nobody got arrested and went to jail, and now we're going after like corrupt fucking soccer officials. It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather my government was doing something that had more to do with my country than you know a, a corruption, because you know, I mean, and, and as far as the stuff in Qatar, like, oh, the slave labor built all the stadiums. I mean, if anyone's been paying attention, slave labor has been building that those desert paradises, quote in quotes, for the last. Friggin' 30 years. This, mm. I mean, the one of the British papers, might have been The Guardian, even, it was like 15 years ago, did a big story about how, you know, people from Nepal and Pakistan, you know, they're bringing all these migrant workers and then they basically enslaved them. And they've been, I mean, this has been going on for decades. So to act like it was new, it was just like, you know, people just haven't been paying attention, you know. And, and what would be happening, I'm curious to know what would be happening right now if, like, the next World Cup was in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, or if the next, like, you know, in, if that, in Qatar, if that was the U.S., yeah. World Cup is that was the, you know and then what would I mean, be going I, on? I'm would this enough, be a story? Would well, we? Would this even be happening? It, you know, you wonder is this the uh, is that the long play? Uh, you know, well, I don't know if the government, but yeah. Well, then again, I mean, we we know the government's capable of anything. Is mm. the long play by them to yeah get it out of Qatar and get it into the United States? I mean, odds makers have changed the odds of Qatar hosting <laughs> it now, and that's the biggest indicator of anything, Vegas. as we all know. <laughs> Not Vegas. So I want some of the, I think some of the European sites oh. or whatever. So I mean, if if they end up having it in the United States, which I I have no idea if it's gonna or not. I don't like I said I don't care enough to read into it too much. But you know, it would it would look awful suspicious if uh, oh they arrest these guys. Oh, and by the way, now the World Cup's gonna be in the yeah. United States, and oh, well, all that money's gonna come here. So you know, I'm a cynical bastard, especially when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, but then again, Qatar swings a pretty big financial wang. So and they've already invested a lot of money, and you know things are in contracts, and they they could fight legally up into the hundreds of millions of dollars if they need to. So, 
I, I don't know. And again, it, whatever. It, it to put the thing there was stupid in the first place. Considering it's 140 degrees in the summer. All right. Well, I'm not. I don't have you here to talk soccer. <laughs> Thankfully, and and I think the <laughs> listeners will be happy with that. Um, we, the Stanley Cup final begins tonight, and. It's the Lightning versus the Blackhawks. And I had, Brian Boyle was on the show yesterday, and I asked him if, he felt, if, if they felt like an underdog, given the fact that the Chicago Blackhawks are the team that has, seems to always be here around this time. And when they are here, they seem to always be hoisting the damn thing, um, as we learned a couple of years ago when they beat the Bruins. And um, I asked him if he thought they were, if he felt like an underdog. And he said, no. He said, we don't feel like underdogs. And, and obviously, it, it's a tough question to answer. And he even pointed that out. But how, do you feel like the Lightning should be underdogs in this series? Or, and if you do, is that just because of what the Blackhawks have done in recent history? Or, or do you really feel like uh, there is a difference in? in in, with these two teams, and that the Blackhawks should be the favorite. Uh, I think they're very evenly matched. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, on paper, that if I was making a line for the game, I'd probably would have uh, for the series. I'd probably would have put it at a pick'em if I had a shop in Vegas, mm. uh, just based on what's in, uh, on more recent history. This you know this season, this year, what what Tampa Bay's done to get there, uh, what Chicago's done to get there. But, you know, the reputation comes into play here. And, you know, like you said, the Blackhawks, they've won it twice in the last few years. Uh, they're, they're consistently there. They're, I mean, they're just an unbelievable team to watch. So uh, they, they get in the edge. With Kane, Taves, uh, I think that they, they've proven it, whereas Stamkos and uh, uh, Johnson haven't yet. I mean, they had, they're certainly having a great opportunity right now. So I'm not surprised at all that Chicago's favorite. In fact, I was expecting it. Uh, personally, I think it's series is much closer than than Chicago I think it's up to well it was it opened out about 140 I want to I want to say it's around 135 140 now uh so you know it's a decent price if you bet in Chicago but I I have a series a lot closer than that you do all right so uh, you mentioned Johnson and Johnson was another topic of conversation yesterday with Brian Boyle on the show and um it was funny, you know, because we were talking about the Detroit series with Tampa Bay and how Tampa goes into Detroit, game six of the first round, trailing the series three to two, and, you know, backs to the wall. That seemed to be the, you know, I don't want to, and turning point might be too strong because, you know, if you're going to make a run in the playoffs, I think you're going to find yourselves with your backs against the wall at certain points. But I think that was the game that, at least I was curious to know if that was the game. Tampa felt like, okay, we do have the team, you know, that put that will put us in position to make a serious run here in the first right. round. And Tyler Johnson, six goals in that series. Here's what Brian Boyle had to say uh, about Tyler Johnson and that how they felt after winning that game six. Well, yeah, I mean, if you don't have any contributions from everyone, and Chris had some huge games in that series as well. But Johnny doesn't play like that. I don't, I don't know if we're here today, right? So it's. Uh, it's it's kind of like okay we're a resilient group we got you know this guy picked this up this game and then you see Stammer take off later in the, in the couple you know round two round three he takes off you need that you need contributions from everybody um, you know our backs are against the wall you come through that you come out of that alive and you realize okay you know we uh, we got something pretty good here we're pretty resilient let's not let's not get to that that point again if we can avoid it and but you never know what's going to happen playoffs. Weird things happen, different things happen, and uh, I think we're better for it. Just 
in terms of our mentality of staying calm. Better for it. So, yeah, I, I agree. And Tyler Johnson, six goals in that series, two goals in that game six. That was, uh, to me, the, that that's really started this playoff run for the Tampa Bay Lightning, that win. Yeah, definitely a galvanizing win for the team. A, a, team, a thing like that, it, it kind of, I think, maybe maybe not surprises guys, but it opens some guys' eyes. Okay, wait, we are, we are this good. You know, Detroit come in to the playoffs, certainly not as a favorite to do much, but they were the, they're the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've been on a nice run uh, as a franchise for a while here. And, you know, you come out and, you know, you, you, well, you won what, game six on the road. They come back and won game seven in Tampa. And, and then, you know, they go on and won the first three in Montreal. And then, you know, you, you got, they got to think they're world beaters at that point. You know, they did end up beating Montreal in six. And, um, of course, the Rangers in seven. I, you, you, and they're just a confident bunch. I, I, like their, I like their attitude. I like, you know, they, they, they don't blink in the face of, well, they haven't yet. They haven't blinked in the face of any, you know, the th- th- three original six they already knocked out. And, um, oh, yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> it's so late in the playoffs. Yeah, New York, Montreal, mm-hmm. and Detroit. And, and um, you know, if they haven't blinked. They, they just don't seem to be scared. You know, and, and you know, Stamkos is arguably the best superstar in the league. And I think people have kind of maybe somehow forgetting that because of, you know, as good as Taves has been. And, it has, you know, I mean, you got Eisenman calling him better than Eisenman, which is. And that's because Taves and Kane, they've, they've, they've hoisted it. the cup. Right. They've done it in the big moments. Not to say that Stamkos hasn't done anything in big moments, but Taves and Kane have been in right. much larger moments than Stamkos has been. But, yeah, but yeah oh, absolutely. And, and that's no fault of Stamkos. But, I, I, you know, it's kind of like, all right, we have another superstar here in the final. Let's not forget about it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know people want to. Uh, you know, talk about Ovechkin and Crosby all the time, and people you know, are pull, kind of pulling, well, some people pulling to get Ovechkin in there this year, but it's like, well, hey, we got Stam- Stamkos here, and this guy is, you know, arguably the, one of the top three or four talents in the league, and he's, you know, he's in a cup final, and then, you you know, you add to that the the, the three kids on the other line, and the kid, Alex Colon, he's been unbelievable. I mean, he what a playoffs he's been having. Uh, they, they're just they're a hell of a team to watch, and the other thing I was saying, we did a podcast with Boston yesterday, is, you know, Chicago didn't really have a, so much of a pick-your-poison situation with Anaheim. They kind of, Anaheim was kind of top-heavy in their forwards. But with Tampa, their top six, you know, Chicago's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy their D and their, well, you know, as well as Taves against whatever line they're going to use. Because I think mm-hmm. that, say they do it against the, the Stamkos line, well, that's going to open things up. You know, even if only slightly, it's still the Blackhawks you're playing, but it's going to open up things for the, for their second line or whichever line doesn't get covered by the stronger defensive unit. So uh, that we did, I don't think Anna, they didn't really have to deal with that with Anaheim as much. Not to say Anaheim didn't have good plays after, but, I, you know, Tampa Bay's top six right now is, I think, arguably as good as anybody's in the league right, as of today. I, I thought, and going to the Western Conference, I thought Anaheim would be in this spot. I did. I, at the same time, going into that game seven, there's no way I stayed away from it. There's no way I could put my money against the Blackhawks in that game. You just couldn't do it. But at the same time, you know, I, I, deep down inside, I did feel like Anaheim was just going to be that team. At A lot of times during these playoffs, they just looked like men playing against boys. And, you know, the way that series was going, you get that game, um, that game five in, right, game five in which Bolesky scores yeah. in OT. Uh, but but then obviously we saw what happened in Game Six. You get the Game Seven. Chicago just stepped on the gas. I mean, it was just like it, it was that game that tells me Chicago's going to win it all. Uh, you know, I'm watching that game, not going Chicago's going to win this game. I already knew that. Really, the first two goals I saw, I said Chicago's going to win this game. I was thinking Chicago's going to win the cup. 
this is them showing to the world what they can do when they do put their foot on the gas. Yeah, it was. It's impressive. It was damn impressive. And and well, before the playoffs, I had said I don't. I'm not sure if it was this show or not, but I, you know, Frederick Anderson didn't scare me. Basically, I, he still hadn't really proved anything. And as good as he was in the first couple of rounds, he looked. He didn't look good versus Chicago. Game seven wasn't. You know, those first two goals you can't really pin them on him. But if he had been better at other games earlier in the series, it might not have even got to seven. Particularly game six, he was he was terrible mm-hmm. in game six. So, uh, and again, it is the Blackhawks. But uh, you know, Anderson was was really not good that for the whole of that series. Uh, but you know, you, you don't you, you don't want to take one game and amplify it too much because you know it's it's a whole new series. And I think Tampa again has a better p- uh, potential to match up offensively with Chicago. Um, it's going to be a hell of a series. I can't wait. I mean, you know, of the four teams remaining, these are the two that will make for the best series. I know everybody had a hot on for the original six in Chicago, New York, and, oh, and people crying about the ratings. It's like, who cares about the ratings? And I had a guy, you know, one of my actually buddies on Twitter, oh, well, the, the play, the, the NHL union does it because I says, listen, NBC ratings aren't that right now, the contract, they're not that tied to, um, in other words, the, Players in the league didn't care who's in the fucking final. You know, mm. they, they don't even care, if especially if they're not playing anymore. Because they, they're not gonna, it's not going to affect their income with this current deal. The only thing was the mer- mer- they'll sell less merchandise, but which teams get a small cut. But at the end of the day, no players are lamenting the fact that it wasn't Chicago. No, I mean, look, I'm sure the league was saying this, is hu- this would be huge if we had Chicago and New York right. in this game. I, I don't know that, you know, and given the fact that they do have an elite player in Stamkos on the Tampa Bay Lightning... I don't know that that they're all depressed about this, uh, you know, saying, I can't believe it's Tampa Bay. Uh, Again, they have a superstar here that I think they might try to cherish this moment in which Stam coaches on the on on the brights in the spotlight. It's more not so much. the the, Of course, the NHL would prefer it because it's more money for 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 the organ of the league. But I mean, it's just the, the it's more the lazy media narrative. Like it's like, you know, once teams were up three, uh, Anaheim and Tampa were up in their respective series, and and there was already you know stories. Oh, this is a will be a ratings nightmare. It's like who cares, man? If the two best teams, like no one's talking about Oakland versus Cleveland. You don't hear anyone talking about ratings nightmare with the NBA. Yeah. You know why? Because people gonna they know people are gonna watch because people are NBA. <laughs> I love shoot. how you called them Oakland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, you know, Golden State. Yeah. No, you you'd be surprised. I guarantee you, there are some people going. With the who the fuck's Oakland? Yeah, it's Golden State. Yeah, it's, you'll you get know, some sweets later. It's I, Golden State, Brian. And those two cities aren't you know tradi- traditional like hot media markets, but you know obviously, but the NBA already gets its ratings almost built in because people just uh, you know conditioned to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know if, if the two teams win and they're there, then then two you know who cares about the ratings? I don't give a shit. It doesn't affect me as a fan. It doesn't affect how we watch the game. And I'm just glad, you know, the Rangers, I, I know we had local connections that we would have been rooting for, but uh, they were boring, man, in the playoffs. I'm, I, I, they would, I think they would have mucked it up. Like, they couldn't score, right? I said it earlier in the playoffs. They're not going to win. They're not going to beat Tampa scoring two, two goals a game. And they reminded me of the Canadians. They were just all, all goalie and no scoring. Their scorers just got shut down. Yeah, Nash. And even at times when Nash had the puck on his stick uh, in, oh, in close he, spots with the net, it was oh. almost like you could, you could sense him – you could sense the pressure hitting him how many, when the puck was on his stick. How many times Tough did he to watch. skate down the wing, top of the circle, and shoots it? It's like, dude, you're 6'5". You go to the net, like, you got like, a little defense. He just, no no balls. Like, he had no mm. balls to go to the front of the net. And, you know, that's why that's why they're, they're golfing this week and not playing in the you cup. You could sense him literally getting nervous. And and he's he's got, what, some, I can't, I 
I forget what No Cap Geek does. I know the site's out there, but he's got mm-hmm. like a $7.8 million hit for like three more years. Like, are you crazy? Like, uh, are you crazy? Like, they're going to give him that money? I mean, it just goes to show, like, you know, overpaid snipers in the regular season, man. If they can't do nothing for you in the playoffs, they, they're useless. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, he got his 42 goals this season, yeah. but what did he do for in the playoffs? He scored, what, two goals in that, in that one game in, uh, in, the, in the series versus Tampa, and he did nothing. I mean, oh, he played defense. Dude, you're not, we're not paying, yeah, you're not paying he's Rick not Dash to play, to play defense. D. He's not know? getting paid to play D. And I guess this all, that, that conversation leads me to my next question, which is when you watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now, and we got two teams in the finals, Final, finals, hmm. final. It. Can I ask you this? And I do. It, I've been doing this every year for as long as I can remember. They started calling it the Stanley Cup Final, or at least maybe when it first clicked. Uh, they used to call this the Stanley Cup Finals, right? I believe so. I, I. I don't. You know. I don't remember there was such a formality to it before. I'm sure there was, but yeah. You know. Now what? it's like if you throw the S on there, you get called out. And 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 if you do call someone out for throwing the S on there. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I, I, I don't, because, like, I mean, everyone, yeah, I, I don't call people. Get a up. life. Find something yeah. else. Figure out something else to do. Get off Twitter. Go take a walk around Castle Island or something. Take a half hour of your day to stop complaining about the S on the end of fun. But if you, are, if you are a media outlet, you got to get it right. If you, oh, you, know, you if do. You're, if media. You're, Joe, you're Joe Blow on Twitter, who gives a <laughs> shit? But if you're, like, if you're a media person... And you and you get and you're getting it wrong, then you should get called out on it. That's the only, no, no. The editors. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, if like no, well, no. I mean, well, you're referring right, to if it we'll throw, if if Fluto calls it the Stanley Cup Finals on Twitter, I don't care. I I don't either. I don't follow him. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not being a diss. I just you know I don't I just happen not to follow. You know I don't follow no, every I, hockey writer. But um, I hear what you say. But no, it's you know it, it, if Joe. But yeah, if you're if you're a person covering the media, it's all about you know yeah, about being accurate. And if if a place is uh, an organization is saying this is the name of our event, then that's what you call it. So, in the story, you know. in the right. But you're talking about like in the newspaper, or in the actual story well, well, itself. Whatever. Whenever, whenever you're a media that's... person referring to it, you should call it the Stanley Cup Final. Know how? Know what I do? I just write SCF and then F can mean Final or Finals, whatever the <laughs> fuck you want. You uh, NBA is the Finals. Yeah. NHL is the Stanley Cup Final. Do, do were you calling it the Eastern Conference Final? I don't even know what we were calling. It. Were we were calling it the Eastern Conference Finals. I call it ECF. <laughs> 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 All right. Well. I'm just saying that if you call it the Stanley Cup Finals, you're okay with me. Because I do recall a time in which we all called it the Stanley Cup Finals. At least, that's what I thought. Anyways, as you watched um, the playoffs and the Stanley Cup Final begins tonight, Chicago, Tampa Bay, is there anything that you've learned when you try to bring it back locally to the Bruins team that's trying to figure out how to get back to the Stanley Cup playoffs? I will honestly never call it the Stanley Cup playoff. I won't if they ever change it to that. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Okay, good. All right, you'll be uh, the SCP. Um, in the it's for the bees to get back to the SCP. Did you learn anything in this SCPs to uh, that the Bruins can maybe do moving forward? Uh, yeah, can we find the DNA of Duncan Keith embalmed in amber somewhere and recreate him like Jurassic Park style? <laughs> and then the Bruins would be fine. Hey, by the way, I, I, I want to see that. Jurassic World? Yeah, I'm down. I, you know what? I love the first one. It still holds up unbelievable. I looked at the previews for that one, and I'm all CGI'd out, man. Every, everything is CGI now. It was a novelty at first, but now it does – 
any when you can do anything on a computer, it's 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 like it's no big deal anymore. It's just not impressive anymore. And the previous... I guess I like the storyline. They call me a sick fuck, but I, you know something about being in an actual amusement park with dinosaurs and then they turn into real life and start it's eating open. people. <laughs> Jurassic World. I, although, although that, I don't mind the storyline. I want to see it. I think the most impressive thing out of the of the, uh, the preview has been the the slow piano uh, version yeah. of, of the yeah. of the theme song. Yeah. That's the best part. Yeah. That's not a good that's thing a, when the theme's a, the best part of your preview. It's a good theme song, though. It is. It is. Fantasy. It's pretty solid. But um, um, going back to yeah, the, the the Bruins probably outlook, and I mean, you know, and they're seeing two teams that you know aren't beating people up. They're they're young. They're fast. Uh, they're talented. Um, the, well, they got a couple studs in the back end. Uh, well, I mean, Hedman and Strawman have been great for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at Hedman and you, and you say, man, hopefully Dougie Hamilton in a couple of years will be at least 80% as good as that. I'll, I'll take that. Um, I, I think, they, you know, I think they know they need to make changes. I, and I think Don Sweeney's going to do it. I think, you know, I think it's easy for a GM in the, to come in and clean up another guy's mistakes. Uh, and he seems to be a bit more of a straight shooter than Shirelli, or at least more forthcoming, I guess. Uh, and he's he's come out and basically said he's you know he's going to do what he's got to do. And I, I think he's going to make, if not whole, I would say wholesale changes, but uh, I, I think we're going to see a vastly different Bruins roster in September. Well, they got to figure out who the coach is going to be first. Yeah, have man. they committed? Do you think they've committed internally? To have they committed to close? Yeah, I, if they haven't, they they really look like assholes if they haven't. I mean, you know, you could say, oh, they fire him and he's still going to get paid, but you know what? These guys live to coach, and 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 you know what? We all watched the season unravel the way it did, and we knew when the season ended whether he should be back or not, or or at least they should have. And okay, maybe they needed a week or even two weeks. Okay, now it's friggin' June. It's two months. If you if you're gonna fire Claude after this, you're gonna look bad across the league. It's gonna not hurt your reputation, but you're just gonna. You know, yeah, okay, he's going to get paid. But you know what? He just missed out on five other jobs. These guys don't care about getting paid. They want to work. They want to coach. So, yeah, he'll get paid until he gets his next job, until he gets rehired somewhere, which will happen quickly because after Babcock, it's basically, it's, it's Claude's the next hired coach. I mean, Quenville ain't going anywhere anytime no. soon. But if Claude were to get fired, I mean, he's got the same resume as Babcock. Well, Babcock's been a one more final than him, but... I mean, he's won as many cups as Babcock, you know. Well, uh, here's the here's the thing. Uh, Don Sweeney had a press conference when when he when he was officially announced as the GM. But as we know, reading reports, he was the acting GM when Shirelli was gone, probably for about a month, right? And Sweeney's been with this organization. He's obviously thought of the coaching situation. He's obviously talked with Neely about the coaching situation. And when he gets up in that press conference and he's asked about who's the, you know, Claude, who's under contract, again, I, I emphasize, who's under contract, there wasn't really a commitment to him. They said, he's our coach as of now. I kind of have a problem with that. And then moving forward, still not actually hearing whether or not you can take away that as of now. I didn't like hearing that because Dave obviously had time to one, think about it, to talk about it. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to go have conversations with the coach. That's what they said. Now we're hearing that conversations uh, with the coach about making changes to the coaching staff, the assistant coaches. And in my head, I'm thinking, I think the Bruins are trying to figure out a way to cut ties with them, but they need a reason. And they need a reason to tell the public, because here's one reason they, they, they don't have is that they weren't successful with Claude, because they were. So they can't fire him based on success. They just can't do that. And 
I think that they may try to figure out some maybe they, because they already know they there's differences in in the you know philosophical differences they already know that so maybe in these conversations about moving guys and the assistant coaches all of a sudden they come to a difference of opinion and maybe they use something like that to say well we just we, this is it we can't this is the changes we want to make the head coach doesn't want to make them we're going to have to bring in a whole new staff See, I just don't you think, think it's too late. I yeah, I don't think they would wait that long to play that Todd Dan. And as far as when he actually said, he said as of today was was the quote, and everyone kind of glommed on to that. Honestly, I just took it as Don Sweeney being kind of truthful and specific, saying because if he said, well, yeah, he's the coach, and he doesn't say as of today, then people are going to assume it means well, he we're not getting rid of him. I think I think he knew the media was just wanted an answer. He said, well, yeah, as of today, he's our coach. I think people kind of gl- like jumped on that a little too much. Well, I, I, I think. Wh- I know I did yeah. because I mean it was you know because he did specify, but I think he was just being specific. But here's know? here's why I did jump on that. It's because you know at that point if you want him as your coach or not, and if you don't know by then, it's not like they just picked Don Sweeney from another organization. If they picked another GM from another organization and they put him down in a press conference, I would be then that's a re- I think then that's a realistic gesture and and comment by saying well as of now we have to go back we're going to talk we're going to review everything you had plenty of time to review what you wanted to review you've been here and in fact you've been the acting GM you've talked to Cam Neely let's face it in that press conference you know if you want him as your coach or not so uh, why couldn't there be a commitment then and that's why since there couldn't be a complete commitment then I wonder if they are actually committed to him. I, yeah, I, I, again, I, it's been ridiculously long to just go one way or the other. I mean, I, I wrote as much a month and a half ago, and it's funny. Well, I, a guy on ESPN.com, Pierre Lebrun, basically wrote the same blog I, mm. I did, and I'm not implying he reads Bustle and lifted it or anything. <laughs> but it was the same thing. Like, you know, I, you know they, they, knew, they know what they have with the guy. They know why the season went off the rails. And honestly, Claude was probably one of the, the, the late loss reasons why they went off the rails. Yeah, he had a couple of bad games. I think he had some panicky moves in the last few games when they needed a win. Uh, but, you know, you add in the two injuries to two key players, Lucic sleepwalking through the year, other mm. guys not doing what they, they, they were capable of, uh, not getting any deadline help. But, you know, re- well, the, the deadline help, Brett Conley broke his finger, um, which, you know, could he, could, well, who knows, he might have made a difference out there. Well, then again, he might have taken some more dopey taking penalties. Some penalties. But, you know, I, I, I think when they look, they, they can't say, why, you know, how do we realistically fire the guy? He, you know, you know the, the the reason they were last weren't didn't make the playoffs last year was the injuries and then the cap issues and you know Claude yeah he he shit the bed a little at the end but you know based on what he did here I don't think they feel they can fire him on that that's why I, I mentioned before before they hired Sweeney that I think they'll bring him back at a short leash so they're gonna say listen Claude you're gonna have to stop playing uh, kids younger or switching things, basically going against everything he's done as a coach, yeah. which, you know, kind of sets up his fall, I think. I, I just think that they might think, well, we'll look better firing him if they come slow out of the gate, and then the team will need a boost as opposed to just firing him now with no real justification for it. I mean, because you got to think, you know, Bruce Cassidy has got to be sort of waiting in the wings um, in Providence. He knows this. Butchie. He, he knows these players as good as anyone. I mean, Sweeney's been was the assistant GM there for six years, so these guys know know what they have on the farm. And and you you're starting to see uh, finally, uh, I think, is a trend in hiring young coaches now, not going with the same old Murrays and and uh, uh, you know whatever. Uh, give me I can another give me. Another. Are you teasing uh, Don Sweeney, the coach slash GM? No, no, no. I'm talking. Right. I'm talking about if 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 they do jettison Claude, whether it be over the summer or early in the year, if they don't like the way things are going. 
bringing in Bruce Cassidy. I know he's not young per se, but he's he's a young coach. I'm just saying, you know, Tampa Bay with Cooper. Uh, the Devils just hired um kid, a guy Hines. Uh, what's his name? Philly brought in this, the uh, North Dakota coach. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing uh, you're seeing GMs taking chances on guys that that all the conservative Harry Sinden types never did. They always kind of went with the old boys network and. And, you, you know, yeah, I mean, you could say, well, Bruce Cassidy's been in the Bruins organization, but he's not in that. I wouldn't call the old boys network. I mean, he's developed with Boston. He's, he's you know, coach of Providence, and he's just kind of making that leap up, whereas, you know, for years it always seemed like, you know, you'd get your Pat Quinns or your, uh, you know, Randy Carla, you know, these guys who have been lifers and have said, had success. But, you know, when you take a chance on, look, I mean, look what Cooper's done. I mean, he was coaching the level below the USHL uh, five, six years ago, and now he's, you know, going to the Stanley Cup tonight. I mean, some guys are just born natural coaches, great leaders, and it doesn't matter whether they're talking to 14-year-old kids or 30-year-old guys. They just have it, and, and he's he's got it. I mean, you know, his, his dealings with the media, he's great. I, people like, it's you know, people are, he talks too much. It's like, man, these guys can't win. They Either they say nothing and they get criticized, or they actually get loquacious and bring in some nice points and, you know, br- you know talk eloquently and people shit on them. It's like, they they can't win whether they say nothing or say something, but uh, I, I like it as a trend just to bring in some new blood from fresh ideas. And, I mean, you, you can't argue with the results, again, in Tampa Bay. Um, the Ducks are eval- – I'm reading here NHL.com. The Ducks are evaluating Coach Boudreaux if he will return. Oh, Jesus. His, post- his in-game rants uh, from 24-7 are classic. Oh. Doesn't mean I want him as the coach of the Bruins, but um, because he's a guy who can't get over the hump, right? But oh. uh, he has some classic – just the F-bombs. What, he throws 17 F-bombs in like a 30-second span on NHL 24-7 in one of his uh, in-between period rants. But any, just back to Claude for a second. When I say all this stuff, what I think is happening behind the scenes, I, I it kind of pisses me off because I actually think Claude should be the coach of the Bruins. And for the reason that I already gave you, they the, one of the reasons they can't uh, don't have to fire him is that he hasn't had success because he's had success. And because of that, I'm bringing him back. And I guess I'm just frustrated that since these are guys that have been in the— Don Sweeney's a guy that's been in the organization. Uh, he was the acting GM for about a month before he was officially named. I think they know if they want him as coach. Why did you even have to throw in the as of now? Why couldn't you just commit to him? Why can't you just bring Claude Julian back and say he's under contract— He's our guy. We're committed, and that's that. We're talking about the roster. We're going to give him a top four defenseman, which the last GM shipped out of town for fucking draft picks before the season started, and we're going to fix it from the back end and then move forward. Why can't that happen? That's well, what I want to hear. Right. It should have. I'm not, I'm not saying Sweeney had to do it in his initial press conference. And, yeah, maybe he was running behind the scenes. Maybe he wasn't. And But when he said, all right, as of today, you know, okay, that was what a month ago. A month. Ago. It should have. They, they, right. They. I agree. They should have done something since that initial press conference. If not in that first one, yeah, I, I agree. They probably should have known. Okay, but maybe Sweeney. Maybe he wasn't acting behind the scenes. Maybe that was his first day mm-hmm. on the job. And okay, now I'm okay. gonna sit down with Claude. But how freaking long does it take? I mean, you know, like they're, they're leaving the guy twisting in the yeah. wind, and and that's it's unfair. It, I don't it, like it. It. Right. I haven't liked the. I mean, I wrote even after the season. I, I you know, to, to, uh, should have get off the plot, Jacobs and. You know, you, you know, you're the one in charge, and people are, why are you calling Neely? I says, why? Because Neely didn't call a press conference in January out of the blue and, like, 
you know, call the team out, mm. which was the last thing they friggin' needed. I mean, you know, you know, billionaires, the billionaire son of, of the owner, that's those guys, those guys don't motivate the players in the room. So it was a weird thing. And, and so that's why I called Jacobs out, you know, and ultimately it's his decision. And, and it was like, man, you know, do something here. It's like if you whether it was back to Shirelli even. They were waiting on him. It's like, I mean, if you could watch that season the way it ended, if you don't know to fire a guy, then what the then who's in charge here? If you yeah. don't know, you got to fire this guy right now. And again, I I would have preferred to just turf them both then. And and again, not that I wanted. I like Claude. I think he, he I mean, he has his critic his criticisms of him. But if they did say, all right, we're just going to wipe them both and start fresh, I wouldn't have had an issue with that because sometimes you need two fresh sets of eyes, coach and GM. But yeah, it, it, right now, man, it's you know we're we're already into June and. You know, this, this guy, he's already missed out on four or five jobs, and uh, I, I just can't see them not bringing him back. I, I mean, what are they, they going to wait two more weeks and then and then fire him? And, you know, I mean, because they knew they, they do have the ace in the hole of Cassie, and I, I would have to think that's who they if they were going to fire him, that's who they're going to promote because, again, not you know, not only does Claude not have Well, I sure hope it's not Milbury. No, oh, well, <laughs> hold on, I was going to get to that. But, like, you know, um, oh, shit, I threw I, think, I mean, <laughs> well, look, people have thrown Milbury's name out. And I don't know if that's him sitting around Comcast Sportsnet newsroom, which he does before he goes on, talking to certain people and throwing it out there and the whispers start. Is that how it happens? I don't buy it for a second. I don't buy that it for a be, second. That must be, like, when he goes on sport, when he goes on the show there, whatever hockey show they have on Comcast Sportsnet with Felga, and Felga asks him, you know, do you want to – you think about coaching again? Remember that segment? That's where I, it sort of all started. And I, he said he said he, he wouldn't rule it out. He doesn't want it, but he wouldn't rule it out. I honestly think that they were sitting around the room and Milbury was like, hey, you want to – thinking about doing it. You want to just maybe throw that one out there at me? And when we'll get the clip out. Uh, th- th- that's how this shit works. Yeah, it's uh, well, that's why I don't really watch too many of those shows. I mean, this, uh, I mean, yeah, I know guys go on them, whatever. I, I I'm pre- not on them anymore. I, I used to be. I, I they prefer. Don't, they don't ask me to come back. I'd I rather have done something. I'd rather watch the deadliest catch than than guys arguing over Red Sox personally. But uh, I, I don't. I just Milbury is so far removed from the bench that I can't even imagine that the Bruins are even entertaining the thought of even thinking of calling him to come in. For, I mean, it's so far beyond the pale of. What would be the right move? I mean, yeah, it's it, you just it's, mentioned all the young kids like coming in the league, right? Coaching, I mean, and then I mean, you're gonna I go mean, to you, Milbury. You Give TV, me a fucking I mean, break. He's a cranky old guy who can't relate to young the young generation at all. Which like most older guys, I mean, he's not gonna come in and do things the Milbury way. And for the record, Milbury was a goddamn good coach here. I know, uh, you know, uh, you know, social media is a young man's game, and and you see, you know, whenever he says something controversial on TV. Everyone sort sort of dumps on him. Yeah, yeah. He sucked as a GM in the island, but you know what? He was a pretty serviceable defenseman in Boston who who got shit on mostly because he wore a helmet. Let's face it, he, he would fight anybody, and not that he was a good fighter, but he'd fight anybody. And he coached a, a, a team with nearly uh, uh, Bork and, and a shitload of scrubs to the Stanley Cup final against the dynasty where they lost, and he, and he got him pretty far another year. The, the bottom line, when he, was co- when he was coaching in Boston, he was a good coach. Having said that, he's not going to sniff a job interview here. I just, I, it makes no sense on any level. If I was a young player on the Bruins, like for it, the DJ Bean wrote a nice story on WEI.com, Ryan Spooner, an old coach, he never used to listen to him, uh, learn from his mistakes, one of those ones. And uh, if I were Ryan Spooner, and they brought in Milbury, I'd go. I'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I gotta listen to this guy this all season in this organization." 
I, no, I'm I'm not doing that. I don't want to. I, I got to show up to practice and listen to Milberry every day. Teams don't even want to hire Tortorella right now, and Milberry is like Tortorelli's cranky grandfather. <laughs> oh. You know, it's like if they don't, you know, it, it's just it's just not happening. And you, and you think honestly, Milberry's he's got to be in his sixties. You think he wants to all of a sudden go on the road and travel and I, do all that? You know what? That I think he does want to. I, I think that's know. why they did that. They they had that little that clip. No, know why they did it? The because TV. because we're talking about it right now. That's why they did it, Dan. It's yeah. not it's not happening. I, Milberry's. I've read it once or twice on Twitter. Like the, they it's it, I, I it smells like bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> let's see what happens with the Bruins. What about after the coaching though with the bees? Uh, you focused on free agency trades. Young kids in organization. What's what's your focus here uh, this off season? Um, salary cap room. They they need to make a a move. And I know it's the obvious one, but I I, I if you can get Lucic off the books for six million, I mean, you know what? This last year wasn't an anomaly, Dan. And we know how big he was in the playoffs. You know, a couple of years. But is it worth it to pay a guy that kind of money again? Like you know, it's like he's like the opposite of Rick Nash. He coasts during the year and then shows up in the playoffs. But you know what? If you coast during the year so too much, then you don't get to the goddamn playoffs, which mm-hmm. is what happened last year. And and, and I, like I, I said before, it, it feels like it, it's inevitable that there's going to be a blockbuster between Edmonton and Boston because Shirelli loves getting his old players. I mean, he did it with all, he Ottawa. grabbed all his old Ottawa players here. He had a good rapport with them. They you know they made a lot of deals with them. And, and you know him and Sweeney, they, you know they go way back. There's a history there. But, I mean, Charlie didn't leave on bad terms. So uh, I think I think you know Edmonton's needs in their excesses are kind of would match up with the Bruins. I mean, they have forwards up the wazoo. The Bruins need some punch up front, especially um, well if they trade Lucic, they'll need it more more so on the left wing. Um, I, I think there'll be a trade there, and, and if you trade Lucic, that's you know that's six million dollars right there. You, you can open up. Um, Chris Kelly, I mean, and we know Shirley loves him. That's another what three million right there. I mean, there's nine million dollars right there. And say you only say you only brought back four million in contract. That there's five million, you know, to spend. And you, you know, they still got restricted free agents. They got to sign. What about for. Seidenberg? Because when you talk salary dump and clearing space, I look at his four million a year, and that's the first guy I think of. All right, get rid of that because not only are you paying him four mil. You're paying him four mil, and I just, I just don't see it anymore. Um, you know what? I like, I like Dan. I think he's been a warrior here. Uh, he's, he's tough as nails. Probably the best in shape guy on the team. You know what? I think he should get a mulligan for last year. I think, I, you know, he came back. I mean, it's funny. He almost came back in the playoffs, and then last year they were saying, well, he, he, might, he might not have been ready to come back for the season. So I, I don't know if it was a, a, a condition of him not being ready for the season, mm-hmm. him not having chow, the team being in disarray. I just think he deserves a second chance to, you know, kind of redeem himself. Uh, I know people are like, oh, he's 33. It's like, well, you know what? If, if you look around the playoffs, a lot of these teams have guys, uh, you know, like, for example, Dan Boyle. I mean, he, he, I wouldn't necessarily want him for next year's contract, but, I mean, he's, you know, he did a pretty good job for the, for the uh, range. He wasn't great, but what I'm saying, getting, getting at is you, you, have, you need these kind of veteran, reliable, defensive-type defensemen in the playoffs. And, yeah, $4 million is probably a bigger cap hit than you want, but – you know, I'd like to see a do-over from him. I think Dennis is better than that. I think I think he can he can do more. Uh, I think he's better than what we saw last year. And you know, if he comes out slow again this year, okay, then maybe the injury just this is it. This is the the beginning of the end farm, and then you can maybe look to shop. But I I I don't know. I just think that maybe they might feel a little loyalty to him there, and he, maybe they know they know he had a bad year or an off year because. I mean, the guy has been aces since he got here, and he had one bad year, and now you want to junk him, and yeah, oh, he's thirty three, and. 
But I don't know. I mean, I see a lot. I look around the league and I see a lot of, you know, guy, you know, maybe what second parent defenseman, even third parent who guys in their early mid thirties, they're still solid, dependable players. And they're in there. They have veteran leadership. They've been there. And I, I think, you know, Dennis could, could still be that here. I, I, I don't, I mean, if you can get a deal for him and he even said, Hey, if you don't want me, I don't want to be here, which is refreshing to hear from mm-hmm. players. Uh, then yeah, they might try to move him. But that's why no trade clauses. Uh, you people get worked up about them, and I say there's there's always a way to get there's always a way to get rid yeah, of that. Yeah. You basically yeah, you tell a guy we don't want you. You tell you know? him you don't want, yeah. and then you know the then, ego in him will say, yeah, "Fuck you, I don't want to be yeah, here." Yeah. You know he knows he's going to get his money mm-hmm. anyways. He says, "You know what? All right, All right get rid of me. Trade I me don't right, want to be with you either. Trade me right, fuck yeah, now. <laughs> no, this isn't this isn't you trading me. This is me asking yeah, out of yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like being banned. You know, banned from a bar. Maybe it's a boycott. Yeah, I'm not banned. I'm boycotting. No. Quit. I'm no fight. I quit. You know. <laughs> uh, obviously, you might. There's probably a story behind what I said, but we. That's not for right now. Anyways, that's the people that know me know what's going on. We'll get to that another time. Anyways, um. So there we go. Bruins off season. Who do you got in this finals? Stanley Cup final begin. Finals final. Stanley SCF. Cup final begins tonight. Who do you got in this series? Um. It's. I said this yesterday on our Boston podcast that. My my head says Chicago. My gut says Chicago. My instincts say Chicago. But this Tampa Bay team just doesn't seem to shrink from the moment. Uh, they kind of match up a, a little bit, a lot better. Than I think that Anaheim did offensively. I'm not putting money on it, so I, I'm like, you know, don't hold me to it. Like it's my, I'm staking it. But I'm going Tampa in seven. Uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a final. It just these two teams are just so matched well. The goalies, you know, they've been. Well, they've been pretty good lately, but you know mm-hmm. they, they're not givens. They're not. It's not Lundqvist versus Rask no. here, you know. No. So which means you're pr- we're probably going to get some high scoring games. We'll probably get some good offensive output. Uh, Tyler I, Johnson, Con Smythe, is that what you're thinking? Um, well, yeah, he, he. I mean, he almost. No, well, I shouldn't say luck. I mean, he, he leads that. the postseason in points and goals right now. Yeah, and he he did have a, he had, he had a quiet couple last games of that uh, Rangers series, but that's only because. Like I was alluding to earlier, you know, the Rangers kind of focused on shutting that line down, but all that did was open up things for Stamkos and Cologne because those guys kind of thrived a bit later in that series. Mm. And and I think, you know, you know, Chicago's in the kind of, like I said, a rare sort of pick-your-poison position with these guys. they got to have to decide which which line they want to um, really focus on, and that's going to open up things for the other for the other line. But, you know, conversely, like I, I said yesterday, the Blackhawks, they remind me of the 80s Lakers, Dan. You know, like even if the Lakers that weren't playing great D or they were having an off night, they could still outscore you. They would, you know, be Magic, Kareem, Worthy, Byron Scott, Gray. I mean, they would they would just run and gun with you all night, and that's what Chicago can do. I mean, as we saw uh, Game uh, Four in Boston, uh, the thirteen Cup. I mean, Boston, I don't, what were they three to one or something in that game, and they had Crawford off. I mean, that was the one game they had Crawford and dead to rights. If they win that game, they'll Club be up. Side. They'll be up three one, and they'll probably go on to win the series, but. Chicago doesn't stop. They just like you know they, they have tremendous leadership and skill with, with with Taves and Kane and I mean Duncan Keith. What more can you say about them? Uh, it's just they just like I said. It's a weird analogy, but they remind me of the Lakers, man. You got to you can't re- help but respect what they do. They just keep coming, and, and if you, you can't stop them, they're gonna beat you. But yeah, I mean, just you know, I, I'm probably being more of it just to. Because everyone's picking Chicago. I'm but, picking Chicago. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just too easy of a pick. I'm not betting them. Again, I don't like betting favorites anyways, but I'm not betting Tampa just because I don't want to bet against Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to enjoy it. and uh, Not betting. I really haven't bet much at all this playoffs. It's actually been much more enjoyable when you don't have money on the game. I'm going to take Chicago. You got Tampa Bay. 
Um, Stanley Cup final begins tonight. And, uh, you know, outside, do you, you don't do, you don't pay attention to the Red Sox right now, what's going on with them? Or, or, or are you just all in Stanley Cup final? You won't. I mean, from afar, you know, if I'm on Twitter or if I put the radio on in the car, I'll, I mean, I know, I know they've, they're, they're sucking terribly this year. Um, but, you know, like yesterday I heard some, oh, they're done. This is it. Pronounce them. And, and I, I, I literally don't, haven't looked at baseball standings all year. And then they said, well, how far are they? Out? And they said, four and a half games. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not bad. I'm like, it's only June 3rd. Yeah, wait a minute. Like, well, well back up here. Like, you know, I'm, I, I haven't watched baseball much at all in the last few years, but I, I watched it for a hell of a long time to know that you're not out of it four no. and a half games out in June. Absolutely. You know, not. I don't care how bad your team is. You know, stranger things have happened we've seen in baseball. The season's so goddamn long. And, and last night, you got a gem from Clay Buckholtz. And I got to give credit where credit's due before we wrap this up because I do a lot of Red Sox on the show. And I've knocked Clay Buckholtz, even though I, when Buckholtz was struggling last year and towards, you know, when he was injured the year before that, I was one of the only ones that defended this kid. I said he's got some nasty stuff. You know, the first half of uh, 2013 showed that when he was 14-1 and with an ERA under two. He would have been the starter for the American League in the All-Star game if he didn't get hurt. It was a shady injury. People say, well, he's not durable. He's always going to get hurt. He's never going to have it. He is somewhat of a head case, and when things go wrong, they do spiral out of control, not just during that one start, but usually for multiple starts in a row, and he has a tough time getting it back. He doesn't have the same fastball he had velocity-wise that he did in 2013 when he was successful. But I will say this. Last night, something that returned for him that I think he's been getting closer and closer to the 2013 form, he's not there yet, and I don't think he will be there yet. But the changeup low and away to lefties can be a devastating pitch for someone who has the type of movement that he has on that pitch. And he's starting to figure that out with two strikes. Last night, he was awesome with that. Eight strikeouts. Clay Buckholtz in his last... Look, look, I just want to take a look here and give credit where credit's due because I, 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 I've knocked this kid, I've crushed this kid... And the Red Sox haven't been able to win or score runs for him. But in his last four games, eight innings, seven and a third, seven and a third. Uh, last night, eight innings. They lose 2-1. They lose 3-1. They lose 2-1. Last night, they win one nothing. Rusne Castillo up the middle in the seventh inning. Buckholtz has been great, okay? And I, gotta gi- I just got to sit here and give credit where credit's due. His ERA is now 3.82. Uh, he does look like... I. The most reliable guy on this staff, though, Eddie Rodriguez, will pitch this afternoon in a doubleheader at Fenway. If you listen to me before, you know I'm an Eddie Rodriguez guy, and uh, I even think the Red Sox should bring up another kid from the minor leagues and then also go out and trade for another starting pitcher. Now, John Henry talked yesterday, and he talked about how this team isn't going to make any major moves, and people are knocking him for that. Here's the deal. I do think the offense is going to show up this season. I, I really do. I, I, I feel more confident that the offense will show up than I do the rotation, and even Clay Buckholtz will keep this up. But I think that you need to find, if, let's say the offense doesn't show up, you still need to go out and find some more pitching. And I just think that John Henry, what he did yesterday, maybe was a little bit of a smokescreen. Maybe was, we're fine, we're not making any panic moves. Maybe was a message to other teams around the league that say, oh, the Red Sox, we got them right where we want them. We can get anything for them in a trade. 
I don't know. I just like to think that that was the case because I just I don't find it possible that this Red Sox team can just watch this team play regardless of what you saw last night, regardless of what you've seen in Buckholtz the last four starts. You can't just watch this team play and say, we're good, we don't need to make any moves. There's nothing wrong with going out and making a trade and getting someone that can help you be successful. I'm not talking about a rental. I'm talking about a young stud pitcher, a blockbuster deal. Add to the roster. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I, I do think the Red Sox still need to consider making that move yeah, moving it, forward. And again, you know, uh, uh, preface, and again, I, I, I don't follow the sport like to the extent I used to, but you know, it, that always seemed to be the bro- the bro- the Red Sox go to it. It's like you know, it, it's like when did they go small market all of a sudden? And again, I don't even know what their payroll at or the budget is, but you know, it, it, that always seemed to be their thing. It was like you know, a wrestler going to his final his secret move or something like you know, <laughs> the Sox would just pull this big trade out of their ass or big signing out, but. Uh, I, I do know one thing. If you want to go to Fenway cheap, now's a hell of a time to do it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of empty seats. A lot of empty seats. Uh, all right, wrapping up the show here, Wednesday, June 3rd. He is Brian McGonigal, also known as Rear Admiral. Check him out at Boston Sports. What do you got, the podcast on Boston? When, when is that? Is it, is it the same day every week? Or, uh, or when actually, are you on it? Well, with the playoffs, we, have, we, we stopped doing weekly at the playoffs. We mm. basically did before each round. Uh, actually, it'll, it'll, I'll be tweeting it out. It, it might even be up now. It'll probably be po- getting posted in the next hour or so. I'll, I'll tweet it out at, at Rear Ad B's blog uh, if you want to follow if you're not already um yeah we, we we'll have that up today with uh, me and the with, the with the barstool guys as well so but uh, yeah we, we that probably might be the last one for the year we may do one final one but i i don't imagine we'll have too much to talk about after after you know there's one final, well actually well, you guys aren't going to do the nba finals they begin tomorrow night in golden state no yeah uh, um i'll actually you know what i, I it's funny i, I you watch the nba finals. i will uh, you know what because of stephen curry he's like i mean I, I, the NBF. He's one of those guys that just NBAF? makes you, who, who makes you watch. He's just like he's he's that good to to watch. But you know what though, Dan? I say I'm watching, and then I put the game on, and then I have the game for 45 minutes. In two minutes and 13 seconds of game time have elapsed. There's been 72 timeouts, 42 <laughs> fucking fouls, three fl- fl- flagrants for what used to be a regular foul. When I watched the game, I get so frustrated watching the modern day NBA that I just. I, I, I end up changing the channel, I, or I pause it, and then I'll put something on the DVR, and then so I can run through it. I mean, it's such a, uh, it's such, so long to play that game. It's like it's baseball, and then the NBA playoffs are right after it, and the time elapsed for, on your TV versus time of actual shit happening on your TV, and it, it's frustrating. It, and then, then the, the whole star star system, which the NBA, the referee, I mean, the referee in the NBA, it's it's. I mean, I'm surprised Danny friggin' Davis isn't refing in the NBA. It's so. It's such a rigged game. It's so bad. It's like, I, I, it, it actually, I can't even watch it. I really, and I'm not like, old guy who doesn't like new things. No, you know, I know things change and they don't play as physical as they used to in that sport, but just the calls they make, the way, the refs, the, the stars, it's just, it makes me long to put the hockey game back on. And I'm not, you know, the usual NBA versus NHL shit you're seeing on the internet. I'm just talking just in terms of the way the game is called, the flow. Like, it, it just, there's no flow to it anymore. I, but you know, well, but you're going to be in for a good one. Yeah. Cleveland Golden State, it, you're going to be in for yeah. a good and, one. And I I'm really not, do think And so. I'm not one of those LeBron haters. I mean, I think he, you know, he's a, he is a, an egomaniac and has to let everyone know about his injuries. But I can also appreciate how how good the guy is and yeah. and, and, and what he's done. He's and, doing something pretty special. Yeah, Five it, straight finals. Yeah. And it's not like the teams are taking him there. Right. Yeah. He's he, taking the team. He, he's. There. I mean, he's the reigning superstar in the league. And I, I, you know, I, I say this all the time. It's not just going to be five. It's going to be six. It's going to be seven. It's going to be eight. He's yeah. going to keep going back to the finals. 
Well, one's going to keep going back. Well, one thing's sure, one thing's going to show either either Oakland's going to burn or Cleveland's going to burn or, bo- <laughs> or both of them. <laughs> or both. See what happens. NBA Finals begin tomorrow night in Golden State. A uh, quick note as we wrap it up: Clay Thompson cleared for Game One. That's the news today. Uh, but the Stanley Cup Final begins tonight. Rear Admiral has Tampa Bay. I'm going to take Chicago. Bry, thanks for stopping by. Anytime, brother. Anytime. Great stuff. We'll Thank talk you. to you soon. Okay, All right, pal. check the show out at dannypicard.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, listen on TuneIn, really anywhere that you can get a podcast. I'm here five days a week from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Doing a little NBA tomorrow. Talk to you then. <laughs>